So as we wrap up our series on how to manage your heart in the midst of fear and raging conflict, mm-hmm. we are going to break new ground at Mulily. We are having a dude, a fella on the show for the first time ever. It's historic. It is a historic, historic moment. Welcome to the Moo Lily Podcast. We are women who have given up on trying to live in perfectionism and guilt. Because let's be honest, it just doesn't work. So we're trying something different and choosing to live intentionally and with hope. Please join us as we attempt to open the conversation and search out answers in a safe place. Well, good morning. I'm Christina and I'm here with Christiana and we have a special guest with us. And we are going to be just talking a little bit about uh, the current political climate the and climate. how we manage our hearts now that we have <laughs> Donald Trump is going to be our president. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's changed how we were going to manage our hearts. Is that what? No. Well, no, I don't know. I think don't either know. way, I haven't heard anybody say yes. I know that people that were pro-Trump. And people that voted for Trump that weren't really pro him, everyone's just kind of like sort of resigned to this is how it is. There doesn't seem to be a lot of joy. I don't know. Everyone's sort of thinking, okay, let's see how this pans out. That's been the feeling that I've got. But we're going to get into that a little bit more in a minute. Um, This podcast is sponsored by our friends at Wooten Media. Yes. Which make awesome wedding videos and Mm -hmm. other things and... Do great photography, so check them out. Also, um, connect with us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook, and you can access all of our stuff, the podcasts, the blogs. You can see who we are (laughs) and what we look like on moolily.com. And we're uh, we're coming into land with the war on grumbling. Uh, Thank heavens. We've got just a couple of days left. (laughs) Are you grateful that you... Don't have to keep being grateful. That, that, that's what I'm thankful for today. No, there was this terrible moment of us sitting here thinking, what am I thankful for? The whole point of this is to cultivate gratitude mm-hmm. in our hearts and change our mindset. And I don't know. It's hard. It's actually, I think it's surprising. Every year it's surprising how hard it is, but mm-hmm. I don't want that to be my gratitude. That would be oh, so sad. <laughs> but it's true. What it's does like that you're say about me? you building a new muscle and you're sore yeah. after a workout. You are. Um, I have uh, something really exciting coming up. I will be in Australia over Thanksgiving. Um, It's not going to be like an Australian vacation. My mom actually isn't very well, so I'm going home to spend some time with her. But uh, it was really stressful for me trying to figure out how to care for my family while I was away. No kidding. What with the five children and all? Yes. And my husband works kind of long hours. And the Lord just provided the most in the most amazing way. Uh, for one person to be there full time on awesome. the four days that my husband will be working. So we planned it over Thanksgiving so that he is off and he can be with the kids mostly. But um, for free, we've got free childcare for four full time days. And That's so amazing. she's going to be in our house. There's not like toing and froing and picking up and dropping off. It was just, it's just given me such peace and grace to go and be with my mom. So I am just grateful to the Lord awesome. for his provision in that. I'm going to be grateful for you. Yeah. I'm going to join you. Childcare is like a major thing in my life. (laughs) It super is. So our guest today, with which we are breaking new ground, Mm -hmm. do you want to tell us about her or shall I? 
Yes, you, you I will. Start us I off. shall. So today we have Luis Cataldo, and he is an active voice both in the church and locally on the political scene. So it's very applicable mm-hmm. today, right? So he and his wife Jill have served together in ministry throughout their 31 years of marriage. For 18 years, they were on staff at Young Life and then as a pastor of a church in Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm from North Carolina. I am, yeah. And before joining the IHOP KC Senior Leadership Team in 2005, they currently serve as intercessory missionaries, contending in prayer for righteousness and justice, yes, in all sectors of society, primarily the church, the government, and Israel. Both Lewis and Jill served on the board of the Zoe Foundation, which I love, resourcing adoptions as a positive alternative to abortion. So that's who he is. Hello, welcome. I'm so glad to be here. I'm, the breaking new ground thing makes me a little bit nervous. I hope I don't <laughs> no. screw it up for future dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have told you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> how but huge I, this I is. I think you guys would probably be surprised how many guys probably are listening to you mm-hmm. as, as the dad of two daughters, 27 and 24. I learn a lot from the stuff that they're learning from. So right. I think you guys probably have an audience of dudes that you'd be surprised about. Maybe we should do some kind of a poll. Yeah, that would be, be interesting. interested to know yeah. how many fellows are listening. I James listens to it. I mean, he's my biggest critiquer. Yeah. <laughs> or how many women go, you really need to listen to this. Right. This is really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be cool to know. Yeah. So, Lewis, we're wrapping up a series on how to manage your heart in the midst of fear and raging conflict. Um, and that's obviously very appropriate in this season with the whole election, um, the election season in America is unlike anything I've experienced in any other part of the world. Like it just really consumes everything. Right. And I think as women, not exclusively as women, but we're sort of relationally connected and we read things and we process things perhaps on a different level emotionally. And so it was just really on my heart that we as the body of Christ, as as kind of the leaders in our family in terms of like having our finger on the pulse of the emotional climate mm-hmm. or the, yeah. um, that we would first know how to take care of ourselves and how to access the Lord and what he's saying in the midst of all of this. So um, can you tell us a little bit about how did you find yourself in the place that you're involved with and what is what is your heart in that? Yeah. Well, first I would say this, I'm really glad that you guys are doing this because it isn't just that women are, are emotional. Women have insights that men don't have. Mm. Women have, uh, I, I think, an, an avenue to connect to some things that men just don't have. And right now the climate is people are disconnected. Right. They're isolating themselves into little camps that agree with them Ugh. and mm. then just lobbing bombs over at everybody else. Yeah. And so... And at the same time, I think that that there are more and more women who are entering into arenas that they haven't entered into before, like the political arena, like significant leadership in, in corporations, leadership mm-hmm. in churches, those kinds of things, where that in, that that emotional IQ, the the greater sensitivity to things, people are going, where were we? Like, why were we missing this before? <laughs> And again, as, <laughs> as the dad of, of two daughters, it matters to me mm. that, uh, that it isn't just, well, women are emotional. And, right. and that's, a, that's a good thing, maybe, if you need it. Like, 
this is part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We're meant to function as an interdependent body. And, and so the, the insight that women bring to the current climate is it, it's really, really important right now because mm-hmm. we are so divided. Yeah. So that, that wasn't the, your question, but I just no, wanted to affirm what you awesome. guys are doing. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, and no, I think I it's really important for us to hear that because my husband's very politically minded. He reads a lot. He wants to stay connected. And I don't. Like, I find that quite stressful. Yeah. But um, often he'll say things to me or he'll read me an article or whatever. And, and my response is so different to his. And I, I sometimes feel like I just should keep my mouth shut because I don't understand what's going on. But I think we do balance each other. I mean, processing those things together is valuable for both of us to... So I appreciate you saying that, that <laughs> <laughs> I have a place, you know? <laughs> no, it, 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 and I, this is way off topic. But this is, this really just matters to me because it isn't that you have a place, like we're making a place for you at the, at the adult table. Mm-hmm. You were at the kids' table. Well, we're going to make a place for you guys at the adult table. Mm-hmm. It's that you're you're you have a gift, you have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think you actually, as as women leaders, have to be at the table, right? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, we don't get the whole picture. And this sounds uh, whatever in our current climate. This all sounds like that's just the politically correct thing to say. I think we've really missed some stuff because we've missed what God designed the body to be. Mm-hmm. So not everybody's an eye, not everybody's an ear. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Normally you would use a stone to sharpen iron. Why would he put it that way? You would in back in those days you would use a stone to sharpen a sword. Right? Mm-hmm. Why is he saying a, one sword sharpens another sword? We have to all be at the same table right. and we all have to value the gifts of the eye when it's not an ear. Mm-hmm. All those kinds of things. And I think in this political season we're we're reducing the emotions that people are feeling to either that's the absolute truth and it's not or it's completely irrelevant these Hmm. are the facts and i think both extremes are are creating a lot of the problem so yeah again off topic a little bit but i appreciate what you guys are doing is my point thank you yeah so we got involved in in uh, politics really in in an odd way i was a pastor of a church like many pastors thought politics is dirty and I want to do, I want to do spiritual Christian work because that's clean. The work of the Lord. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, churches are some of the most political places (laughs) in the world (laughs) and we have uh, uh, lots of messes there, but we ended up on a trip to Israel with Governor Mike Huckabee, really Mm -hmm. quite unexpectedly, and then came back connected with uh, um, Governor uh, Rick Perry, from Texas okay. in the United States and ended up leading the prayer gathering that he had in Houston, Texas with 50,000 people, a day of prayer. And um, my wife actually organized all of what happened up on the platform. So we found oh. ourselves mm-hmm. really thrust into the midst of relationships with political leaders yeah, completely unexpectedly and really un- unaware. Actually, Jill, my wife, is much more politically astute than I am. Hmm. And again, I was a pastor who just thought, that's bad. I don't want to get involved. She was much more informed than I was. But now we're sitting with these people that we're reading about and watching on the news. And uh, so it was very eye-opening for us. Yeah. How interesting. Most people sort of fight to get into those relationships, but you were sort of... We're actually fighting to get out of it. In the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't intentional. And so that's what made us kind of go, okay, we didn't plan this. We certainly don't have a resume for it. God, what are you doing? And what's our assignment? And, mm. I, and I think that that's 
part of what you guys are touching on in terms of the current climate is that uh, we're demonizing the other side, whatever the other side is, and there's multiple sides. Right, right. What if the Lord assigns us to certain areas? Should we abdicate those areas because they're bad? And I, and I think obviously hmm. the answer to that is no. N- nobody says, you know what, movies are horrible, so we shouldn't be involved in that arena. We should just check out of that. Education hmm. is is really difficult at the higher levels to have a a uh, a biblical worldview, so we shouldn't get engaged in that, or we should isolate into just Christian education. We don't say that about any other arena, but we tend to say that about the political arena. Yeah, that's true. The Lord assigns people yeah. to different places. This isn't my first choice, mm-hmm. but this is my current assignment. And so I want to do it well, and doing it well is a whole lot trickier than I thought it would be. I'm sure. Yeah. That's fascinating. I'm curious about, so you found yourself in this situation that you never would have signed up for. Right. What What was your initial, and how far are you, how many years are you into this now? So we've been uh, traveling around with political leaders for about five years. About five years. Pretty heavily, uh, domestically as well as internationally. So what I want to know, what has changed about your perspective as an American citizen? What's my civic duty? Right. Or just, just, and you don't have to have a long thought on this, but from going from, I don't even want to be involved to, oh my gosh, here I am in the middle of all this stuff. Has your perspective changed on as an American who people have died so that I could have the right to vote? Right. How has this impacted how you feel about it? Um, you know, I think that uh, we tend to, because we're not connected relationally in, in, in lots of spheres in our society, we tend to create caricatures. This mm-hmm. is what a politician is like. Mm-hmm. Getting close to them, I realize they have real hurts just like everybody else. They have real challenges just like everybody else. And some of them have said, I'm going to enter this arena because I want to make a lot of money and I want to be powerful. Right. For sure. Right. Others have entered the arena saying, I really think God wants me to serve here to bring justice in places that I don't see justice. And they have enormous challenges in doing that. And so part of what's changed in my perspective is these are real people hmm. that, that we who agree with their perspective in terms of their worldview need to get behind them because it's lonely. It is really lonely in their hmm. world. Hmm. And so when they have the courage to step into that arena... I think that those who agree with it, with their worldview have to stay. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to stand with you. And the American system is set up that every two years, if you don't like them, you can vote them out. Every four years, a presidential election comes up. Every six years, one third of the U.S. Senate is up for, for uh, election. And so the American system is set up where the people are the king and they decide who should represent them. And so these representatives are constantly having evaluations by the public mm, called yeah. votes. Yeah. And, and uh, when they say, I'm going to stand for certain things, if those who agree with them say, well, that whole arena is bad. I, mean, I think mm-hmm. that you're an idiot for even being in that arena. I'm stepping out. We abdicate that arena to those who have other views and get engaged. So what I've learned a lot is... Uh, as a as a pastor, as somebody in the church, we've abdicated an arena that we're actually supposed to be involved in. Hmm. So hmm. what do you think our call is as the church in the political arena? What is our role and what is it not? Yeah. 
Well, that's a that's a great question. <laughs> and can we move on to the Shot next Christina. topic? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, wow. I think that our role is that we're supposed to stand for certain values. And the way the system is set up in the United States is we stand for those values by voting. And we say people who represent these values, I want to vote for them so that they remain in office so that they can pass laws or pass programs that support those values. I think where we get in trouble is when we say, that's God. And this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. political party, this political ideology is God's ideology. And mm -hmm. right now, that's, I, I think this last election really was a referendum on the church in America. I don't mm -hmm. think it was primarily, yay, this person, boo, this other person. I, I, I think this is my little theory. I think the Lord's going, I want to see how the church responds. Hmm. And I think he must be going, hmm, hmm, we got a lot of work to do. We're not responding real well. Right. And, um, and so I think part of our role is to be salt and light, whatever arena we're in. That sounds like a poster, but I think that is reality. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think it's not to put our hope in, this is the way that the Lord is going to reform the culture. Right. The way he's going to reform it, in part, is by what you guys are doing. Having real conversations with real people that we actually disagree with, that we actually are having to wrestle with what they think, and have an absolute by which we compare our opinions mm. to. And and uh, I think the church isn't doing that real well right now. Amen. Yeah. It's, it's challenging to separate the personality from their values. Yeah. I mean, we could spend all day on this, but I feel like there's <laughs> certain things in one party that are so clearly wrong, like black and white. I cannot vote for them for this reason. But then there are other values that I really stand by that I feel like are really biblical. But I cannot support this person because of this issue. Right. Even though there's several other things that they are really doing well, it's just a challenge to know Boy, how this, to process And this election highlighted that so much more. It <laughs> I would mean, have been on both sides, shockingly. there were things that were awful right. and things that were like, wow, I really agree with that yeah. on both sides. And I think that this is... Uh, uh, again, it, where relationships, dialogue really helps with this because we're able to really talk about, uh, so we had this long conversation, Jill, my wife and I had this long conversation with our 27-year-old, our 24-year-old. Our 27-year-old is married, our 24-year-old is single. And so the, the, the uh, five of us were sitting around talking about all of these things. And we've created a demon in either person Right. And mm -hmm. then we've become frightened by that person. So yeah. Donald Trump is this way, not accurate. And we're frightened by this boogeyman that we created. Mm -hmm. Hillary, same way. And I think that now people are afraid of the boogeyman that they've created. And it's not really rooted in real realities of the political system in the United States. Mm -hmm. But because we're not in relationship with each other and because we're not in dialogue about these things, we're just blogging. We're sending 140 characters that, that uh, <laughs> communicate the whole uh, truth. Mm -hmm. People are unnecessarily frightened. We've done okay. the same thing that we've done actually with, with uh, the parable in the Bible where a person says in the parable to a master, I know that you're really mean and I know you're really harsh. So I took the thing that you gave me and I hit it because you're a really mean guy. And the master goes, you really thought I was mean. 
You really thought I was harsh and you were afraid of me. I'm not that way. Mm -hmm. We do that with God. I think we've done that with Donald Trump. I think we did that with with Hillary. Mm -hmm. The reality is we don't have a king in the United States. Right. The people are the king. This guy who is his actions were indefensible. There's, there's no defending some of the stuff he did. I don't think mm-hmm. that that's, that's even a, a question. Yeah. He comes in with limited powers that are checked and balanced by other powers in the United States. Part of the problem that we've had in the United States is, and I said this to my 27 year old, my 24 year old. And after I said it, it, I was like, I had to walk it back a little bit cause it came across a little harsh, but <laughs> so I you've said, had practice yes, I'm, 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 <laughs> and I'm practicing again with you guys. So tell me if this sounds mean. I said, uh, we're biblically illiterate, we're civically unengaged, and we're historically uninformed. Hmm. So we don't know really what the Bible says about the role of government, about what biblical justice is, about what it means to stand for the poor and oppressed. We really don't. We do devotional Bible studies. (laughs) How does Jesus help me? Hmm. We're civically unengaged, so I don't know how politics works. I don't know how they're supposed to do stuff. I just want my economy to work better. Right. And then we're historically uninformed. So we don't know that actually the church was really engaged Mm -hmm. in politics. Pastors were the ones that ran for political office. Pastors were the ones that said to their congregations, here's the issues of the day, and here's what the Bible has to say about them. That was how America really was founded. And so because of those things we create a boogeyman and then we're scared of them Hmm. and i think that what you guys are doing is so helpful because we're having a conversation and we're not actually saying so you're a republican so you're this Mm -hmm. way the republican party the democrat party in the united states are just holding vessels for like-minded constituencies Mm -hmm. they're not good and bad in and of themselves right so people who tend to agree on certain uh issues congregate to one or the other party it's a two-party system the idea of that we're going to have an independent or a tea party right. it's really it, it's such a small number of people and the way the system works it's a two-party system and people who agree with certain values congregate to one or the other there, there's not god's party and the devil's right. party. but because of that people who do value those things tend to vote for that party whatever those values are but I think you'll find believers in both. Mm-hmm. But I think there are some issues that are really important to people of faith, and we get challenged by the other party in, in those arenas. Mm-hmm. You said something before we started recording about we have to learn how to talk to each other. Can you share those thoughts again? Yeah. <laughs> and this, this, again, I think is where, where women are just so much better than us knucklehead guys because we're, we're knuckle draggers that just want to get something done and, and make it happen. And I think women are just, in general, wired more relationally, mm-hmm. wired more to be able to engage in relationships that are deeper. M- most of my guy friends, we grunt at each other and you know punch <laughs> each other, and that's, and that's about enough it. Enough to connect. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. so we're we're it's, best buddies, and I don't even know your wife's name. Um, <laughs> so I I think what you guys are doing is that you're creating an environment where it's safe for me to go. This is what I think. And to actually be heard, I actually don't um, think it's helpful anymore to just tweet and blog to the people that are listening to me mm-hmm. because right. we're all agreeing already and we're all saying everybody else is bad. I think what you guys are doing is let's create a safe space where people can disagree and be heard 
I don't actually need to tell you all that I know, which is exactly what I'm doing in this interview. <laughs> I apologize for going on and on. I actually don't need to tell you uh, uh, what I know. I need to actually hear what you know. Because you probably know stuff that I don't know. You think things, you perceive things, you understand things that I don't think, perceive, understand. Mm -hmm. That's what I need to hear. And what we're doing a lot is we're just retreating into our own little worlds, in our own little echo chambers and talking to each other and then saying those other guys are bad. And so I appreciate what you guys are doing. I don't know how we do this more, but I, but I think we have to. Mm -hmm. We have to give people the permission to say what they actually think without demonizing them and actually hear because a lot of it right now is really it's real painful like real yeah. people are yeah. really saying are my parents going to get deported because i was born here but they weren't i'm an immigrant i was born in chile south america hmm. I, i'm in a uh, um uh, a biracial marriage my wife was born here we you know I, I'm a little bit in touch with that, but not a lot because I'm a, I became a naturalized citizen when I was 18, but there's real people that are really afraid yeah, that yeah. their parents are going to get sent home. Yeah. Like we have to hear that. We can't just go, mm -hmm. well, you're an idiot and you voted for the wrong person. Like that doesn't work. Right. So what you guys are providing is a place where people can be heard. We would like to, and I think it's a skill all of us need to develop is, is to how to truly listen um i mean that's part of our heart with this with this current series is how do we manage our hearts how do we say okay this is what i'm passionate about um but i'm not the only person in this world or in this right. <laughs> in this current conversation and so i need to be able to manage my heart and be able to say okay that's okay well this person has very valid reasons for what they feel or what they believe and we can still live together in community and yeah. Love each other and love the Lord without, but still disagree, you know? Yeah. I think one other thing is that, and, and we're, we're, uh, we're so rich right now in the area of having access to unbelievably godly teaching, tremendous worship, great tools to go deeper in the Bible. And just yesterday, I, I went, we're here in uh, Kansas City where we have the resource of the International House of Prayer. A room where for 17 years uh, there's been live worship and prayer without stopping by mm -hmm. the grace of God. And it's, it's, it's on the web stream and, and people can access it as well. But I just went into that room and went, okay, tell me again, who are you? And they were singing songs about what God is like, singing the, the, the passages from the Bible, songs that were passages from the Bible that are describing this is what he's like. So I sat in the room and went, okay, tell me again, what are you like? Because I'm, I'm creating an image of God all the time in my mind. Mm, yeah. Well, this is what God is like. And so he's, he's mostly mad at me because I did the wrong thing yesterday. <laughs> he's mostly sad because I'm not doing the right thing today. Right. And he's really not like that. I, I mean, mm. I'm in the parable of, you know, you're a mean master yeah. and I'm, I'm scared that I'm not going to do the right thing. And then you're going to be really mad at me. He's really not mostly mad and he's not mostly sad. Yeah. So to sit in the room and go, okay, say it again. What are you like from your word? Not from man's opinions, not from the commentaries, not from the Christian books about God, <laughs> but actually your words. What are you like? Mm -hmm. And there's people that are singing those words. That was so helpful for me because I've spent a lot of time 
watching news and talking to political people and going, you know, there is no God and the world's going to hell. Like, ah. <laughs> so to sit in the room, but then also to take the next step and go, okay, now tell me what you think about me. Hmm. Tell me who I am. Because I don't know who I am apart from understanding who God thinks I am. I only know myself as a reflection. So if the reflection that I'm looking at is always what other people say about me, mm-hmm. what my job says about me, what my performance says about me, right. I don't know who I am. God says something different about who I am, and I need to be constantly reminded, okay, who are you, and then who do you say that I am? Now, how do I interact with the world? And, and without that reorientation on a regular mm-hmm. basis, I get spun off in everything else that everybody else gets spun off on particularly in this political season. Yeah. We need to spend more time actually talking to Jesus about mm-hmm. who he is and who we are rather than trying to figure out how do I convince this stupid person that my mm. political opinion is right? Mm. Which, by the way, I didn't read that in a book. I've spent a lot of time <laughs> trying to convince the stupid person that my opinion is right. I think so much of you know what we're doing, again, is, is a practice. The, the church is having to practice how do we uh, how do we go through difficult times well? Mm-hmm. And this first practice, not the first practice, but this clearly uh, uh, practice round right now, we're realizing we we don't do this very well. At and all. that's a good thing. It's the kindness of the Lord. So the fact that you guys are willing to engage in this kind of conversation mm-hmm. is helpful to the whole body of Christ because we need to go. We're not doing this well. How do we do it better? Mm-hmm. So in that moment. <clears throat> when you're talking to some idiot whose opinion you want to change, what do you draw from to be able to not be approaching that person in that way? Because I mean, I, it's, I have, I, I don't know how many million times over the last five months I've had, I've been sitting in bed on my phone and my husband's heard me say, Oh my God, I'm going to kill myself, you know, because it's like, I can't handle one more thing. Okay. So how do you, so how do you, what do you do in that moment? I, I think first we just got to be honest. We don't do it very well. Not like, terribly. I, I, we yeah, all utter failure. In the in the same way that we create the boogeyman, we also create the super saint that is able to handle these things well. But I think <laughs> first we give ourselves grace. Like we're human beings that are interacting with other human beings. But I think the second thing is I I I'm I'm off of social media. I'm not. I'm the last person on the planet that doesn't have a Facebook account because I would get so hooked into these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Jill is is super engaged and and posting and reposting and, and doing. Those so kinds Jill of will things. have to post this podcast yes, on her she page. Will, right? Okay, <laughs> I, I don't even have a page. Um, I I I tend to not engage um, mm-hmm. because I don't have a relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. And and um, Jill does have relationships, so she does tend to engage. So I think the first thing we have to do is. What level of relationship do I have that gives me permission to talk about these things with you? Well, now. And most of us don't have the level of relationship right. that we're, that we're uh, giving opinion into. I don't know, you know, Christina, I don't know your children. It would be such a violation for me to go, are you raising your kids right? <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you doing to teach your kids good things? I don't know you. I don't know. You could be the greatest mother of all time. I, don't, I probably I, am. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> I, I have no 
But I have no qualms in going, your political opinion is really stupid. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think we're really missing it. So I think we go to the level that we have relationship, number one. And then I think number two, it's what you guys are doing. I think that we have to listen a whole lot more. Now, it's easy to say here in the comfort of a you sure. know, nice house with nice people. In the moment, I get hooked in just like anybody yeah. else. And this conversation that we had with our... Our two daughters, the one husband and my wife and I on a porch, it was a two or three hour conversation. It was so good because they're, I'm, I'm having to say to them, help me understand what you're saying because I really don't. And then help me understand what you're hearing me say. How can I say it better? Yeah. I can't do that with strangers. Yeah. That was family and they're going, dad, I know why you think that, but this mm. is really what I'm saying and all those kinds of things. I think we have to create environments where we have relationships and then we can have difficult conversations, but we're not doing either. We're, we're not in relationship and then we're not having difficult conversations. We're having uh, aggressive posts yeah. right? and that's as far as it goes. So I don't know that, that gives you an answer. I think mm-hmm. it just gives us a way I to think that's a try fantastic, to do it better. I think that's extremely helpful insight. And again, I think women women do this naturally better than men do, which is why your place at the table is so important because it it, it isn't, let's just be sensitive to each other. It's actually, let's hear each other. Let's actually have a conversation. I want to talk about this. Whereas men just, you know, we just load our guns and start firing at each other. And, and we're not going to do that. Uh, uh, We're not going to get through this season. It's not going to get easier. Like yeah. in January, he yep. actually becomes the president. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, right now he's just president-elect. And then he begins to put into place some of the policies that he believes. The church is in for a long practice of how do we function well together mm-hmm. and how do we love people who disagree with us. I think that observation about the level of your relationship indicates the level that you engage in that issue. That's a great way of saying it. Um yeah, and if you don't have the time and the space to really engage with that person, then maybe don't open the box. Like, I guess I'm with you kind of on social media. I'm very, I am on it very little, and I don't talk about anything even vaguely controversial. I am someone, my personality is very motivated by harmony, and I don't like to create <laughs> conflict. I'm willing to engage in conflict as it relates to healthy relationship because that's very important to me so if I know that there's something unresolved or if there's some kind of tension then I'm willing to have that conversation I'm very motivated to have that conversation because I want us to be healthy and connected but if I think I'm going to say something that's going to create conflict or tension then I would really rather not do that Um, so on Facebook I just don't go there and I wonder for those that are passionate and they don't have a problem with going there if Either they start that conversation on Facebook and it goes badly. If they get off the computer and call that person, if they have a relationship with that person, they need to resolve it. It needs to be in an actual relationship, not in this weird cyber space. It's it's interesting that you say that because Jill is one who will go there and she's very strong leader, very uh, um, has clearly thought out opinions and wants to love people well got into a, uh, um, a back and forth on Facebook with somebody and finally said, you know what, let's just talk on the phone and let's yeah. call and talk this out. Now, the challenge with this is this all sounds great on paper. This takes a lot of time. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And none of us have a lot of time. And this takes a lot of energy. And I've got a lot of other things I want to do energy for. I want to spend my energy on or I have to spend my energy on. And so we default to, you know what, never mind. I'm just not even going to engage with you. And and uh, we we really can't do that. Now, I can't mm -hmm. engage with everybody. Um, but there are some people that I actually do have to engage with. I actually have to go there with my daughters and, and uh, son-in-law. And that's going to take a lot of time and energy. Mm -hmm. But if I don't do that, I'm not going to do it in other places either. But I'm also not going to be able to do it with 100 people. I right. just can't. But for this one uh, conversation that Jill was in, it's worth it. This relationship is worth it to her right. to make a phone call. Okay. And that phone call is going to be a two-hour phone call. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this this relationship goes back years, and it's important to her. There's others that she just says exactly what you said, Christiana. This person's an idiot, and I have lost the will to live, like just reading right. the post. And I'm not even going to engage. I'm done. Um, so I, I, I guess what I'm what I'm saying is, we have to pick and choose who we're going to go there with, but we have to go there with some people. Right. And I just wonder mm -hmm. if you don't have the capacity, you don't have the time or the ability to really go there, maybe you shouldn't open the can. Like maybe you shouldn't start that conversation. That and would be my challenge. Why Why do you feel like you need to put that stuff on social media? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you're not actually able to really know people's hearts and really understand, you know, if you're not in a position to listen, maybe don't ask the question. That's, yeah. I'm putting that out there as a question. I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but because right. um, it's not fair. It stirs up so many things in other people that cannot be resolved. It cannot be processed appropriately. Yeah. Um, you know, and know. your audience, as we were talking before, your audience is a lot of, of um, uh, women who are, uh, Jill would always say, you work really, really hard for six years with each child that you have, and then mm -hmm. it gets a little easier every year. So if you've got three children, you know, under the age of nine, you're working really, really hard for a, for yeah. the next few years just to keep them alive at the end of the day, so true. you know? <laughs> yep. And, um, and so, so how much energy do you really have to engage in these things? But you, mm -hmm. you do have to engage with some people. Yeah. Um, but I do think that exactly what you're saying, Christina, that we end up just, I'm just going to put my 140 characters out there and then that's it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's fair to either side of that conversation. I don't think it's fair to those that you've lobbed a bomb against, but I also don't think it's fair to you because I don't think that we're meant to just develop 140 character thoughts. I think we're actually meant to be in relationship. It is hard for young moms. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But there's got to be some people that you have those conversations with because mm -hmm. otherwise we just talk to ourselves or talk in our own little echo chamber and the body of Christ has to grow beyond that right now. We're really being stretched right now. Yeah. What does it look like to love our enemies well? What does it look like to love our friends well? What does it look like to endure persecution well? Those are things that the church in the West has never really mm -hmm. done well because we haven't really faced that. Well, it, it that's coming to a neighborhood near you. <laughs> right. The church in other places has experienced that and has grown and has matured in mm -hmm. ways that the church in the West is is way behind in. Yeah. You know, you talk to the church in China about loving your enemies, loving each other well, loving in the midst of persecution, loving Jesus in the midst of real opposition. They're mm -hmm. light years ahead of where mm -hmm. we are. In his kindness, I think 
God is challenging the church in the West to deal with some things that because we've been fat, dumb, and happy, we haven't had to deal with. Hmm. So I would say, yes, limited energy. Yes, you can't engage with this and everybody, but don't check out completely right. and avoid engaging at all. Mm-hmm. I think having some self-awareness about where you are, where your headspace and your heart space is on that particular day, if we can be intentional as we're looking at the relationships that we need to engage with. But mm. if I'm having a really crappy day, this <laughs> might be the right, not the right moment to right. post that thing or to even talk to that person. Yeah. You know, so I think we have to be monitoring how am I doing today, mm-hmm. especially around issues that are inflammatory and that we yeah. all care so deeply about. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all sent the, you know, we've all sent the posts that after we hit send, we went, <laughs> oh, geez, I shouldn't have sent that. And then we have to walk it back. We've, we've all done that. Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> but I think for, again, for women, especially uh, um, the maybe the pressure to not engage or to just get along or to create harmony mm-hmm. has created the opposite effect where you, you, you aren't engaging when you actually need to. And mm. again, I totally get limited bandwidth, limited energy. I, I'm, I'm barely making it through the day and you want me to engage on, engage on political discussions, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you actually have something to say. You actually have something that's needed to, to be heard and you actually have a way of saying it. So you, I, I to the extent that you have the bandwidth, mm-hmm. you really do need to engage. And I think that that's what you guys are providing with Moo Lily. You're creating a space where people actually can have these kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> that's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> All of you listening out there, have the conversations. Yeah, please. That's right. Um, so I think we're, we're just about out of time. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for us as we move forward in this political climate as you said nothing has changed today you know but there's things being put in place and in january is it january that mm-hmm. he will officially be mm-hmm. um inaugurated yes foreigner yes <laughs> um yeah. how do you have any wisdom for us just moving forward like as we as things come up in our hearts as we're confronted with things how to process those things with jesus yeah um I don't know that it's wisdom because I don't think there's anything new under the sun. I think it's the same old thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think what's happening in America is principally political. I think it's principally spiritual. Mm -hmm. So I think our response has to be principally spiritual, secondarily political. I don't think that we can disengage from the political arena. But I think our principal response has to be, again, to go back and say, who are you, Jesus, and who am I in light of who you are? Now what do I do? And we we reverse that. We say, "What, what am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do, God? And I'll go do it. But we don't know who he is and we don't know who we are in light of who he is. So Mm -hmm. I think it's the same old thing. Mm -hmm. I think we go back to the first commandment. We love him with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength in all the different ways that we can do that. And then secondly, we love our neighbors as ourselves in all the different ways that we can do that. And that sounds so cliched or simplistic, but that's how he set it up. And so if it's cliched, he's the Mm. one that came up with the cliche. (laughs) We're not going to come up with a better way to respond in times of of shaking. Mm. We're going to love him first and try to love our neighbor. The current shaking that we have is really small in the big scheme of things. Yeah. But it's big in our little world. Yeah. There's greater shakings coming to 
the 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 human experience we just know that there are just because of life at mm-hmm. some point my parents are going to die that's going to shake up my little world at some point my wife is going to die hopefully i die before she dies i mean there's, <laughs> there's just real life yeah. that's going to shake my world the yeah. response is always having to be the same i'm going to love him first i'm mm-hmm. going to try to do that i'm going to try to love other people and then those other things are going to fall more into place it means not that they're going to be easy, not that they're going to, the solution is going to be easy, but that's the order in which he designed life to function. And so if I had a parting word of wisdom, I would say, love Jesus and love other people mm-hmm. and then get engaged in the arena that you're, that you're assigned to get engaged in, get engaged. I think that's perfect. I think that's something, that's a theme that's come through with so many speakers, this idea of stopping and reorientating ourselves with him. Um, fixing our eyes on him uh, not on what is happening around us as we know who he is we find who we are and it just it just brings so much clarity and perspective um yeah yeah and it is hard and it's the way you said it is really accurate we have to stop Mm -hmm. which means that i have to turn off the tv i actually have to uh um stop the all the things that i think are so important that i do because if i don't do them the world's going to collapse because right. i mean right. i'm so important yeah and moms have a unique situation again uh, you really actually do have to feed the kids and yeah, actually you know <laughs> keep them from jumping out of windows that's real and it is really hard work but it, it it takes intentional effort to stop and reorient our hearts on a regular basis probably every 24 hours who are you god and who am i in light mm. of who you are and so I'm not going to be able to do everything else. I'm not going to be able to do all the things I want to do. But if I don't do that, I really get disoriented quickly. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank, Thank you so much for, for being with this us. Has this has been morning. really fun. You it's guys make it really very fun. easy to <laughs> have these difficult conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for making history with us. Yeah. Fantastic. Great well, conversation. Uh, we... Stay tuned to Moonlily because we're yep. going to be talking about Christmas the next three weeks. Um, the first three weeks of, of December, we're having three podcasts back to back. And we're going to be unpacking the content from the 12 Days of Chaos. So yes. there will be a devotional on the website. Uh, we're going to be profiling it a lot on Instagram and Facebook so that you can download that and walk through that on yep. your own. You and Jesus can, <laughs> you, and Jesus. you know, can <laughs> do your thing together. <laughs> That's right. As we come into this Christmas season that we're not swallowed up in the chaos, but that we can really engage in the beauty of him yeah. and in our family and in all the the magic of this season um, intentionally without being sort of harassed by everything around us. So well said. Yeah. Check it out. Bye, guys.